0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Today, we are getting candid with Quarters of Change. Uh, The band met in high school in New York and have been honing in their sound over the years. Last year, they released their debut album and quickly became part of the New York music scene. And currently, they just finished a headlining tour around the U.S. and playing ACL Festival. And their sophomore album is set to come out early 2024.
2: And we're getting candid with Ben Roeder from Quarters of Change about how growing up in New York City influenced the band's creative vision, how he likes to approach songwriting as something that will leave a lasting impact on someone, and the importance of being vulnerable in music, such as discussing hard topics like addiction. So we'll be right back with Ben
3: after this. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jenna. What's up? Thanks for having me.
2: We're so excited to talk to you, especially because you guys are finishing up a headlining tour. So how has that been?
3: You know, going into it, I was feeling a little disparaged about the world and the way things were going. But we played some pretty awesome shows in like some of the a lot of places that I would just never been before in America. And I feel like seeing those people come out and like support. Has been really awesome and really like reinvigorating to me like creatively and like spiritually and physically.
1: Aw, that's amazing to hear.
3: Yeah, I was like I did not know what to these expect. People could sing in like Iowa City or like Lawrence, Kansas, but <laughs> nice. they're fucking dope. People
2: can <laughs> sing all over.
3: Yeah, really.
2: I feel like also as a New Yorker sometimes when I think about the rest of America, I'm like, are they gonna bully me when I show up here? So I feel like I get what I oh
3: yeah no I feel like I've really broken out of like the New York bubble just especially because we've like you know we all grew up here and like I've lived like I I moved to Oregon when I was like in fourth through seventh grade that was like a really like weird time in my life that broke me Mm -hmm. out of the bubble first but then I I just been in the city for a while and And doing these, like, tours and getting out and, like, seeing what America's like, really like is really eye-opening to how small New York really is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a weird bubble to be a part of. And it must also be weird, like, as a band, all of you having grown up here and then, like, leaving it. Because I feel like New York is so insular, especially the music scene here where you're kind of like, oh, everybody's, like, vaguely aware of everybody else.
3: Yeah, yeah. I definitely... (laughs) the vaguely aware of everybody else really strikes strikes out (laughs) just especially because we haven't really been able to be part of like a scene being like a high school band like when we first started playing here we'd throw like a a show and like have an after party and that would be like the thing that like drew people to like the shows at first Mm -hmm. and then when we went to college covid hit and we put out all this music as COVID's hitting and, like, yeah. shutting everything down. And then we, like, reemerge after COVID. And these shows are, like, finally people are, like, kind of coming to them.
1: So, I mean, kind of in that vein, Quarters of Change released the first LP in 2022. Y'all have racked up millions of strings across Spotify right currently. Do you feel like since that point everything has been happening really fast?
3: It hasn't necessarily felt, like, so fast just because this has been, like, the dream since we were in, like, 10th grade. And it's Mm. like we've been working at it like very consistently, but it does feel like now like things are blurring and that's like semi scary, but also like kind of comes with the grounds of like trying to do as much as possible.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So a lot of us in thinking about your journey as a band and yourself, a lot of us have these key memories or moments that kind of like really inform us as human beings, but like our relationship to music specifically. So is there anything that stood out to you or like collectively y'all as a band of being like, I, music is what I have to be doing.
3: I think for me, it was like, so (laughs) little bio for, for me, I guess is like, my birth father died when I was three, so I never really knew him, and he died kind of like suddenly, so there was literally nothing that I had to like, kind of like get to know him by. And But he was, he was a musician, and he had like four albums worth of material that he'd been writing for his like whole life. Oh, wow. And I guess it like, it always really informed the power of music, and like, the meaning of music, and the meaning of creating like lasting messages throughout your life that are out there as like a sonic recording. And I always like really wow. appreciated that. And it, it's like what spawned like a love of music. And then as I like grew older and older, it's felt more like a mission to carry on like the family legacy or try to do him proud in some way, because it's like, that's kind of the only thing I have to bring closure to the situation. And there's yeah. been now, like, thankfully, you know, like, I feel like I've done some stuff that I really feel like he would be proud of, like, and that's really beautiful. And that's like a big blessing and like another reason why I just love music.
1: That's a really amazing story. And thank you for sharing that with us. And I think that's such a unique perspective to approach music with because i think when we think about like artists of the century it's like their music is timeless and like a big focus for them is like what are they putting out into the world that's going to be there forever and i think a lot of like artists who are starting out aren't thinking in that mindset and i think it's obviously such a unique and special personal story to you but also such a unique way to approach what you're doing
3: yeah thanks i think the other thing for us when it comes to that like i have a lot of guilt especially, like, because I feel like I made a lot of mistakes when I was writing stuff. And when I was listening to Leonard Cohen talk about when he wrote Chelsea Hotel Number 9 and talking about how he, like, exposed that the song was about Janis Joplin and then, like, when she died suddenly, like, it was one of the biggest regrets of his life that he, like, kind of, like, outed her in a song like that. And so I've, I've like, especially after I saw that, like, I the amount that a song can mean I know like will get ascribed to it and I'm not necessarily like worried about that but the power behind just like saying things in general like I've definitely become a lot more Mm. mindful of.
2: That's really interesting that you say that because like I mean so your guys sophomore album Portraits is coming out at the start of 2024 and like you've spoken about how the themes of that album are going to be like addiction and isolation and like exploration and those are all like very heavy topics and like topics that are hard to talk about I feel like outside of music and so like with what you were explaining like do you feel like it's difficult for yourself to like allow yourself to be that open in your writing
3: to me like vulnerability is what is gonna make a song good like honesty and what you're speaking yeah. is gonna make a song good like being able to to close your eyes and listen to, like, kind of, like, when the music's hitting your ears, like, what's coming out of, like, your heart is, like, kind of, I guess, like, a big part of me trying to, like, think about my writing process. Yeah. And the things just kind of, like, so happen to be the stuff that I find really hard to just, like, say. And, mm. I mean, music's always been a, a space for, like, trying to say what I can't say. And sometimes it can be, like, scary when I write something and I'm like, why the f- why am I feeling like that? Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not good. And there's I struggle like a lot in like my personal life with like feeling like I have some sort of control. and I feel like the honesty and vulnerability that I'm trying to like project just k- kind of is trying to come from a, a position of like if you're gonna come for me, like I hope you're coming for like who I really am, just in terms of like the the yeah. art that we're trying to like create.
1: In, well, in that, you just use the word project, and I'm curious if there's an aspect of you that feels like you have to be more vulnerable
3: in order to write music. You know, I feel like we've had a lot of time to to figure out what is the, like, correct method of writing or, like, what do I want a song to convey? And, like, if I leave feeling like something was, like, too forced or, like, too thought out in a way that like doesn't seem like something I would like do then I just kind of like throw it away and that's why like a lot of the songs are just like narrative emotion.
2: That's really interesting that you say that and I feel like I don't know like when it comes to songwriting and like talking to artists about like their songwriting process it's really interesting just to hear like how everybody goes about it in a different way but at the end of the day it's really just kind of like as bare bones as it sounds it's like putting feelings to paper in a way that like makes the most sense to you and everybody goes about that differently but I mean also just in talking about like these subjects that you are singing about like addiction is usually viewed as such a taboo subject and like I think it's really admirable that not only are you comfortable writing songs about it but also like telling people that that's what the songs are about because there usually is such like a "ooh, how dare they even though like so many people have struggled with so many different types of addiction throughout time
3: yeah I feel like you know we've all lived through like the greatest drug addiction period of history Like, we're currently living in it. And it's like, I don't think there's going to be any progress on that until people admit to their own addictions that they have. Yeah. And I feel like I might still be addicted to shit, but, like, at least I'm, like, admitting it, you know? Like, yeah, that, to me, seems like the first step that anyone's going to tell you. If it's ever going to get better, it's going to, like, start there.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, and I also think, like, the younger generation are the ones who are accepting this and like coming to terms with this and i feel like older like generations of the past were like very much like you don't talk about this you don't talk about mental health like if you see a therapist you don't talk about it and it's like the younger people who are like really the ones who are like no like this is messed up we don't want to live in this way anymore absolutely so i feel like in a lot of ways
2: it's really amazing that there are artists who are comfortable talking about like the struggles that they've been through no matter what those struggles are and like essentially normalizing the fact that people go through those struggles so that way people know how like their fans i guess the people listening like know how to deal with it
3: if that makes sense yeah and I, as like i feel like when i was started writing everything was more vague and like the goal has been like as i continue to just to try to you know be a little bit more pointed but a lot of the songs that I feel like I'm opening up in a lot like the reciprocation that I've seen from like real life people has really changed me I think for like the better in terms of like speaking about this and and understanding that like it can in some way help and that like feels really good.
1: Yeah, that's amazing because it's helping normalize the conversation and it's helping push the conversation forward. And I think, you know, music is the ultimate, one of the ultimate ways to relate to each other and to feel feelings and to feel the same thing. And it's interesting kind of considering that, which like we've always known and felt about music, but considering that with a subject such as addiction.
2: Do you feel like in your songwriting process and, like, putting this music out, like, has there been fear of, like, the response that people in your personal life will have to, like, the stories in which you're deciding to tell with your songs?
3: You know, I think I'm probably in a pretty, like, interesting boat where, like, my family is so supportive but very small. Like, I really have, like... Mm -hmm members of my family I'd say <laughs> that are like wow. active like and they're old so and I, lo- I love I them so much but they like I wouldn't go to them at any point in my life and ask for like tips I guess and they yeah. I know they love me a lot and they're very supportive and I'm not saying this but they don't really like they never really listen to the music they just like knew it was something that I was like doing Okay. and my best friends are in the band um (laughs) so like (laughs) I very much like I'm like my support system is all very pro continuing doing like what we're doing and I don't really care what other people are gonna think or say because they're not in my life you know like yeah cool man like you have an opinion like that's awesome like I hope you have a good day I don't, <laughs> it, that's not what I'm trying to like preoccupy my mind with. I'm so anxious and so scared all the time, just genuinely. <laughs> so, I mean, same. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like one of those things. that's like, as I'm trying to fight control over like my own mind, like I feel like the last thing I could do is really like beat myself over trying to like fight for the minds of people who are never going to support me.
1: Yeah, and it's like, this is the thing that brings you joy, like, why bother worrying about it, which I think is a great kind of attitude to have about it, but kind of bringing it around to your music, thinking of rock music, which is not the most popular genre out there right now. Hip hop and like pop are very much having a moment, but I'm curious, just like in thinking of being a rock band, you've you've mentioned that Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nirvana are like huge inspirations. I saw an interview where you said that you've probably played all of the Chili Peppers songs before. So I'm curious if you feel like there's any kind of like studying or absorbing that you've done with your favorite musicians that has influenced the way that you approach writing music
3: youtube videos interviews i've done some like audiobooks
1: (laughs) well i mean i think it's also like you just mentioned leonard cohen earlier and like you saw him talk about a song that was about janice Joplin, and it changed the way that you felt about things and so i think it's really cool that you're kind of like absorbing the culture of what's come before and it's influencing the way that you're acting as a band yeah like
3: i love culture i think that like music is so much more than, like, a commodity, but, like, at the same time, it's something that, like, people will literally go drive out to a place to all enjoy. Mm. Yeah. I love film. I love art. I love just, like, the idea that the human brain can, like, conceive of something greater than it's, like, naturally, like, or, like, really there to begin with. I think is really cool. The Monterey Pop Festival, you guys, have you ever seen, like, any of the film from that stuff? I It just, like the Kendrick Lamar from live in Paris on, um, I think it was on like HBO max or something. They were streaming it. I like watched that. I watched it like a year ago and like good art, like literally makes me cry. Like I watched that amazing piece of art and like tears were coming down my cheek. And I was like, wow, the talent, the like thoughtfulness of it, the, the grandiose, like it's so awesome to me. Like, it drives me every yeah. day and like there's so much of it out there and I just I love that. There's a lot of like stuff I feel like in music that's like you look at it as like a competition in some ways, but there's so much stuff out there that like music, art, everything that I just like I could never even see myself compete with. Like I don't think about it like that. I just like I love it so much and it brings me so much joy that to like also get to do it is like really awesome. Yeah.
2: that's incredible and like is it overwhelming for you then to like live and have grown up in new york where like every corner you walk down is like a piece of music history if you care about it enough to like know that yeah i mean that's
3: awesome (laughs) it's that's awesome it also like makes me feel like it constantly humbles me you know like
1: you walk around new york and no
3: matter who you are you're basically a phantom
1: Well, so talking about how much you love like other like visual mediums and movies and stuff like that, like, do you feel like you try to bring aspects of that into the band as
3: well? I try my best, but I also know that like I've gotten like the pleasure of meeting directors like and other like kids just like us that are just like creating in in that medium. And I love Mm. I love trusting in them to like bring their vision to life. Uh, yeah. cause like the combination of the two is always like really awesome to me, especially cause I'm like, I don't, that's not what I like devote my time to, you know, that's not really, I yeah. don't know how to shoot yeah. a video that's going to be <laughs> as cool as like you do.
1: Yeah no I mean I think that's great like being able to work with other creatives in your city in your area you know and I think that's how so many like great rock movements came to be in eras of rock history and as Sarah said eras of New York history is working with those other culture creators who are in your scene too.
3: Absolutely and like despite not feeling necessarily like we have like a quote-unquote like music scene necessarily like I definitely feel like we're involved in some sort of like cultural movement right now in the city and that's really cool and that's really exciting and I just I can't wait to see where it goes because I I realize like things just come in generations like there will be yeah (laughs) like next year like is if you keep working at this thing like you you can continue to grow like there will be a certain point when like you know people are like okay, like the Strokes have been around for like 60 years. Like who else is going to come out of New York City?
2: (laughs) Well, I I, I feel like right now we are at the start of our new like meet me in the bathroom era. Like if you look at who's playing at like Mercury Lounge or Baby's All Right or like Bowery and like venues like that and you're looking for like the bands that are from New York, you're like, oh, the Strokes era is on the precipice of happening again with like new bands. And it's like very cool to watch happen totally. and I'm sh- like i'm sure you're aware it's no, like i mean it's slowly getting there and
3: i'll keep fighting it till i'm dead because the whole thing is like we didn't start it when it was popular and we're not gonna like leave it when it becomes popular like... right <laughs> right um and
1: rock and roll till yes i die
3: <laughs> <laughs> no rock and roll is awesome and like I know a lot of people right now that are, like, doing doing the thing in the city and, like, linking up with them and watching them is, like, awesome. Anyone that people, like, laughed at, they're like, oh, like, I'm laughing at you and now I'm, they're selling, like, 600 tickets to Bowery Ballroom, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. stuff makes me, like, yeah. my heart, like, smile just seeing people, like, pour their lives in, in, into this music and that's good for music in general. That's why it's, like, it's so hard for me to, like, hate on, like, another musician or like another band because at the end of the day like they're (laughs) devoting their life to like to the art and like if they succeed and they create more fans of the genre then it's like let's go (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah
2: you keep bringing up like this competition aspect but i feel like with the way the music industry has changed and like you know, just, like, pop culture has changed. I feel like there's room now for more people than there ever was before. Totally. Like, I feel like we're not in a situation anymore where it's like, oh, there can only be one band doing this. I feel like we're in a place where it's like, no, there can be multitudes of bands doing this.
3: Yeah. I mean, TikTok and the amount that it costs, like, the barrier for entry to make and record and distribute music is lower than it's yeah. literally ever been. Like, you could... And it, it, was, it was this way in high school. People didn't really, like, realize it. Like, we were dropping in high school, like, we just did the distro kid thing and, like, dropped it on, on yeah. like, Spotify yeah. and Apple Music. And people to this day are, like, oh, my God, like, you have music on Spotify? Like, that's crazy. I'm, like, dude, like, literally for years anyone could do this. And it's, like, practically free. <laughs> But like you, li- you need like a hundred dollars to buy a focus right, and you need to like semi learn how to play an instrument. And I like I never yeah. took lessons. Like I just in high school like taught myself on like YouTube. So it's like
0: Mm-mm. there's
3: so much knowledge out there. It's so easy to do, and everyone could do it. And that's why it's awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. The competition, I think, just comes from living within like this capitalist fucking Capitalism? society where. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like we're at a label right now and it's like it is big fish, small fish. Like that's how you're viewed. Yeah, You're viewed like that. And it's tough to like live in that system. Like the pressure that I feel like that like creates is like toxic. But
1: yeah. So I kind of want to get into this idea of fame for a minute. We're kind of like getting there. We've talked about rock legends of yore, but fame looks very different. And yet the same then than it does now. And we're talking about TikTok in this conversation, but like when in the 80s and even before then in the 90s and in decades prior, the most we saw like rock stars was like if they had a photographer with them, we'd get like backstage photos. And there's like because of that, there's a lot of really infamous like backstage photos of like the Rolling Stones and like a lot of greats. Obviously, like that's even changed with literally just having a cell phone. But as far as like access to musicians, it was like they were doing TV appearances, they would do like radio radio interviews, magazine interviews, and, like, that was it. That was the extent that you knew about them or you ever saw them. But now with social media, it's just changed both how musicians have access to fans but also how fans have access to musicians. And so do you think that the idea of the rock star or the rock star image can exist in the same way now
3: as it did back then? It'll evolve. That's what I'll say. Like, Mm. things always change and, like everyone's always like the past is better but like there was so much disgusting stuff that went down Yeah, like things that if anyone had a cell phone back then could have recorded and like posted and those bands would not exist you know Yeah. yeah we live in like a new world and like we have to adapt to it the idea of fame when it feels like what does that even mean anymore? Does that mean people like know who you are? Or does that mean they like are a fan of you? Like those are now like two different things. Like people used to be famous that people like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I don't feel, I, I guess it's like a list, B list, C list, still exists right yeah but is that only for yeah. yeah is that only for like acting or is that for music now like
2: it's actually funny that you say that because jenna and i do talk about this a lot on our, on our <laughs> podcast about like what an a-list celebrity is and i feel like it's somebody who's like it's an, it's an internationally famous person so like most of those people are usually actors and then musicians like beyonce and taylor swift and stuff like that But there's also like niche internationally famous people because it's like Maddie Healy will go anywhere in the world and people will know who that man is. But also it's like the main will go anywhere in the world and a very small percentage of people will know who they are everywhere that they go. And so it's like it's all relative to like who you are and like the bubble that you're in. So like there's a list and then there's everyone else. I like don't believe that there's anything under like actually under that because everybody has like their own version of fame yeah. outside of like the people who get invited to like the vanity fair or Oscars party.
1: And I think that's what TikTok and other social media is changing. And like you said, the barrier to entry is so much lower that if you put in the time and the effort, you can have a yeah. platform. Absolutely. So I agree. I feel like there's the big, big fish, small fish
3: (laughs) yeah i i mean for me like i guess i think about it in the binary like i will be completely satisfied and feel like i am quote unquote famous once i could like tour internationally you know like once once that becomes like a reality for me then i'll like be satisfied with that itch inside to like achieve some sort of notoriety but that's honestly because i really want to see the world like (laughs) i feel (laughs) like especially
1: it's it's self-serving
3: like (laughs) i love i and i love playing music obviously but like i love rolling hills you know like i love staring (laughs) at like beautiful scenery like looking out of windows of like the vans and buses and stuff is like my favorite thing in the entire world to do it's like a little little piece of serenity
2: well i mean also like back to what you were saying earlier about like Going on tour and like meeting all these people and like seeing all these crowds in places that you're like, oh, they can sing here like they know music and like all this stuff. It's like not only broadening your horizons on the world, but like on the people within it. And so it's like music is like you're bringing your music to these fans and these fans are like getting to have that experience with you and you're getting to have like a completely other experience with them that like they don't even know is happening and I just it like it feels it sounds really beautiful to me
3: dude it feels it feels beautiful
2: it's like a cultural exchange. yeah and I
3: never like it's something I always wanted to do and never got to do it and especially since we like dropped out of college like I I was really looking forward to like getting to do like a, an exchange program or like travel mm-hmm. abroad for like a year of college but I was like you know what Ben just work hard enough and maybe one day Maybe one day you'll see the Big Ben.
2: (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you guys are already on your way there. Because, I mean, we mentioned again at the beginning, like, your sophomore album's coming out in the new year. And, like, it sounds like a lot is on the horizon for you guys. So, like, where do you hope to be as a band, as Quarters of Change, for, like, this time next year?
3: You know, I'll manifest the world. But as I said, like, I'll be really, really, really happy and proud of us if, if we're able to break into like the international sphere and like go play mm-hmm. some shows in like the EU and like Asia would be awesome. I really want to get to like Australia. So if that yeah. if that happens then I'll feel real proud.
1: Well, it very much feels like you guys are already on the right path. And as a little wrap-up question, we always kind of like to do the same thing, which is that the ethos of our podcast, Name Three Songs, and our radio show is to empower fangirls. And we think it's important to celebrate the things that we love unapologetically. So, Ben, what are you a fangirl of?
3: You know, I love Van Morrison. I'm a massive fangirl of Van Morrison. Um, I'd say I'm a munch. (laughs) (laughs) I'd go like, as <laughs> hard like, like, as like, i <laughs> more. Yeah. I like Central C a lot. I really like Skepta. Nice. Fan girl. Hmm.
1: It could also be not music. It could be, like, a video game. Oh. Or something I super I love gambling. Niche. I'm
3: gonna be honest with, with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, have some, <laughs> I have a bad habit with that one. It's, like, always been my thing. And I guess I took some pride Maybe you in it. shouldn't
1: go to England.
3: <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I'm a girl of.
1: No, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today, Ben.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: I love, I love when musicians are so clearly thought out about how, not only their songwriting and how they're approaching music, but like, the influence of music history mm. and like learning from people before them, like performance wise, like literally just the ethos and energy wise, like what they're carrying into their art, but like what they are embodying as people. And it's so clear that Ben thinks deeply about this, whether or not he's like, obviously like doing it on purpose. Yeah, It's just like part of who he is. And that is so cool.
2: Yeah, no, it was really cool. And it's, it's fun also because like New York and being from new york like it's so steeped in music history and that clearly affects him day to day like it was really cool when i asked him about like oh like walking around new york city and like feeling music history around you and he was like no i feel it all the time and i'm like (laughs) i love this because
1: (laughs) the energy is alive but
2: it really is and like there have been other times where i've met musicians that are based out of here from here and like don't get it and it was just so cool seeing and hearing him be like yeah i know exactly what you're talking about and i think about this a lot when it comes to like our music and like where rock music out of new york is coming from like right now and i was like i love this guy this is great
1: he's our guy I do also think it's great when musicians are able to be vulnerable in their music, but it was really interesting hearing him say how it's like a, almost a priority. Like he pushes himself to be vulnerable in the music because he knows it leaves a better impact with people.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. I think it was really cool. And I think it's also cool how he's like not only taking music inspiration from the other musicians that he looks up to, but also how he's like taking it into like how. comes across as an artist and like the style in which he songwrites and stuff rather than like it just musically being clear that he's inspired by them like i've never heard anybody else talk about it like that and just like his story about leonard cohen and how like that's influenced his like lyricism and stuff i just like wow this is so awesome
0: it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust